Mike Yardley, I'm sure, has some thoughts on all of this. He's with <laughs> us this morning. How are you doing? This is a very important debate. You know, I know that we've got opening up plans, we've got a pandemic and all of that, but yes. sometimes it's just nice to have a little bit of mindless escapism, you know? I think it's a really good question. I was wondering about Oprah. Have you mentioned yep. Oprah? Oprah's on the Jack yeah. Tame list. So Oprah's yeah. more famous. I reckon yeah. Oprah's... I reckon Oprah's... I'm going to repeat my list. The Queen, yeah. Michelle Obama, yeah. Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, Beyonce, mm-hmm. Rihanna, yeah. Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. Madonna, Britney yes. Spears, Oprah, Kim yeah. Kardashian. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and then and then a couple of, like, oars are Kylie Jenner. So yeah. Kylie Jenner's, I reckon, going to be less well-known in, in our audience listening right now. But if you ask a 12-year-old in Seoul in South Korea... Yes. They're going to know. know who Kylie Jenner is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, J.K. Rowling was my other one. I thought could Yeah, be I like there. that. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I know that uh, you mentioned earlier Meghan Markle. I thought that could get in there, not necessarily for the right reasons, but just, you know, because she's <laughs> such a polarizer. Yeah, but, but again, would someone in Khartoum know who Meghan Markle is? See, the thing uh, with Jennifer Aniston is because friends – in in the non-English speaking world, Friends mm. is a phenomenon in that it's a way that so many millions of people learnt English. They watched the sitcom. They watched all however many seasons there are of the sitcom and so they learnt English through it. Yeah. But I know um, look, all of this is up for debate and there is no definitive answer. It's just it's all kind of, you know, mm. subjective mm. and speculative really. Anyway, these are the issues that matter, Mike. You know that. Hey, um <laughs> you're so you're in Christchurch right now. Things yes. I know the big rain, damp and stuff, but you fortunately haven't had the rain they've had on the west coast. But things no. are yeah. <clears throat> but we were talking about Westport, of course, this time last week. So yeah. I'm just so pleased that uh, from all reports so far this morning, there has been no inundation of homes mm. in Westport. So mm. they do seem to have dodged a bullet. It's interesting how much that river can rise that way. Like yeah. uh, in July, the bullet went up to 12 meters, which is one and a hundred year material. This time, eight and a half metres. So that is the difference. Uh, yeah. So thank God for the good people of Westport that they haven't got to repair their homes again. Yeah. Even a lot of people are still finishing off the repairs from July. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty scary how quickly things can change there, isn't it? But, I mean, so yeah. much rain can fall on the West Coast, as anyone who's familiar with that part of the world yeah. will know. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like things are hopefully improving. Anyway, this morning we are focusing back on the east coast of the South Island and some heartland thrills in Selwyn. So... Let's begin at Middle Rock Station. I had not heard of Middle Rock Station until a few weeks ago, Jack, and I thought I'd go out lurking in the hinterland of Selwyn, uh, sort of around the foot of the Southern Alps, to stake out a few gems. And Middle Rock Station is a cracker. If you want a taste of a high country sheep farm mm. on, a, on a hands-on day tour, Middle Rock which kind of sounds like Fraggle Rock, mm. is the place to go. And um, the family that have operated Middle Rock Station, the Nell family, they've been there for over 50 years. Um, and Bruce and Lynn, uh, the parents, they are going to be handing it down to their daughter Charlotte and her husband in the next few years. And this, so it's like an ongoing family concern. And what's really cool about Middle Rock is it was um, 
one of those ballot block stations uh, that were divvied out after World War II, and they are the only ballot family still farming in the Lake Coleridge High Country area, right. because all the others have now been snapped up as corporate farms. So there's a real sense of soul to the Middle Rock Station farm. The love of the land really shines through, and it is very hands-on. You get to uh, help relocate a very disobedient flock of uh, Corriedale sheep, and um, you see the source of the Selwyn River, which runs through their farm, which is very, very cool. And they're environmentally conscious. Yeah, absolutely. They have won so many uh, awards, you know, for their environmental stewardship and uh, regenerative farming, which we keep hearing about. I mean, they absolutely uh, are sticklers for it. And... um, what I absolutely loved about exploring their station is it is a very undulating station. So you just served up the most incredible high country views. Um, you see a lot of uh, native species that they are helping to uh, conserve and promote and, and help grow the number. Um, and the very name, Middle Rock, I was intrigued by that. And up on um, this high hill, just beneath Big Ben Range, uh, uh, at the foothills of the Southern Alps, you can see this protruding rock. The rock is the size of a living room, right? Yeah. And it was a it was a glacial floater. So when the Ice Age retreated, this enormous living room sized rock got stuck. Uh, at the top of this hill, and it's never moved since, hence the name Middle Rock. And, and Lake Coleridge is just nearby, right? Yeah, it's about yeah. 5K from the station, and um, I do love the Coleridge Power Station. There's something very hmm, Dickensian, Victorian about it. It looks quite brooding and ominous, the Coleridge Power Station, but it is still generating about 4% of New Zealand's hydropower. It's about 110 years old, this old clunky station and what is quite quirky about it is just about I don't know 500 meters or so from the station you can go and see the show home that was built in 1915 to illuminate people about the benefits of electricity back in 1915 and this electric (laughs) cottage as it's called is now privately owned but it is um it's been immaculately restored in recent years and when you go up to the picket fence by the cottage it is just like it's walked out of a storybook it is chocolate box gorgeous yeah and 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 down the road terrace downs is back in business back in action right yeah, I, this is actually um, quite a good wee story because obviously a lot, of, a lot of big hotels around New Zealand have found the last couple of years really rugged and a company called CPG Hotels, they've mm. actually rescued some of these stranded hotels. So like the big lodge, the Hanma Springs Hotel, uh, that's now in the stable as is Terrace Downs Resort, which uh, closed uh, during the pandemic. So it's back up and running, it's humming. And what I really like about Terrace Downs Resort is its location at the foot of Mount Hutt, just by the Rakaia River. Mm. And there is something really magical, Jack, about the light at yeah. Terrace Down. So, you know, even if you don't want to go there to play golf, even though they've got a fantastic golf course, just watching that shifting light and the way the weather moves around Mount Hutt, it can keep you enthralled for hours. And saving the best for last, Alpine Jet Thrills. Oh, my God. This place mm. is such a discovery, Jack. So this is about five minutes from Springfield on the upper reaches of the Waimakariri River. Mm. Um, and... 
it really should take pole position on a roadie in the heartland of Selwyn because you've got three offerings at Alpine Jet Thrills. First of all, they are home to Jet Boat World, which is this museum-worthy heritage showcase of all things jet boats because of course the Waimakariri River is where Bill Hamilton fine-tuned his invention back in the late Ah. 1950s. Yeah, so it's very much a shrine to Bill Hamilton. And then they've got the jet boat rides and the airboat tours. But the jet boat ride, my God, going through the upper reaches of the Waimakariri uh, as it meets the Southern Alps. It is like going through a canyon. And the the scenery is just gobstopping. One really cool perspective, you can see all of those soaring viaducts of the Midlands railway line traversed by the Transalpine from the river. So you get a really good view of those. You can see fault ruptures in the rock face. You see old pioneer tramping, tramping hearts. Oh. Um, it really is wonderfully wild and <laughs> rugged and imposing. And they've just launched airboat tours. This is the coolest thing of all. Um, it's quite weird, actually, Jack, because my very last international experience before COVID hit and I had to hustle home from the United States, was an airboat tour on the Florida Everglades. Ah. So it is so cool to have airboat rides in New Zealand. Now, these were only launched uh, about three or four months ago uh, by Alpine Jet Thrills. Uh, They call it Air Force Two, their airboat ride. And you will feel like a levitating monk on the Waimakariri River (laughs) because this thing, it just sort of skims over the wet stones, sort of like a hovercraft. Yeah. And it can just go in the shallowest of water. Um, It is a very cool experience. No alligators included. Fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much, Mike. Mike's tips on tripping to the heart of Salmon will be up on newstalkzb.co.nz.